Do a little jingle. No, I can't. Thanks. Okay. Okay, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Into Overtime, the student athlete podcast. I'm Ellie Leake, and I'll be the host for today's episode, where we, we will be joined by Nathan and this week's guest, which is West Ham and Scotland striker Martha Thomas. Welcome, Martha. Um, how is everyone today? Doing well, doing well. So, not too bad. How about you, Martha? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Good. So to start, Martha, can you talk to us a little bit about your background? Yeah, um, I've got a bit of, a, of an odd background. Um, I was born in England um, and then I moved to America at quite a young age. Um, so my, fam- my dad got a, a job in America and we packed up and then moved to South Florida. Um, and I pretty much lived there all the way through um, and then went to uni at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, where I played um, for four years. Um, And yeah, so a bit of a different background with growing up in Florida, which was was really nice, obviously a lovely place to live, great weather. um, And yeah, beaches, um, so definitely couldn't complain there, but wanted to get out and, and get something new. So had the opportunity to go to North Carolina, which wasn't too far, but um, also a bit of change of scenery. And Charlotte was a, um, a lovely up and coming city. Um, so you got a bit of the city vibes, but then it was um, a bit outside of Charlotte too with the campus. So it was, it was a nice, um, what you just call a, a college town as well. So it was a good mixture, um, had a really good time, had a, a great career there. And yeah. So was you, Nathan, was you close to, I, I'm not very good with US geography. Was you close to Charlotte? Uh, no, I, I have, I've only, the only time I've been to Charlotte was, it was like a layover flight and we, we flew in, but it looked unreal. And uh, the, the, the NBA All-Star game was in Charlotte, I think two or three years ago, because my brother went and he just said, look, uh, how amazing it was. He's got, I don't know if it's one of his roommates or, or something like that at the moment, but he's from Charlotte. And, and he's been a few times and says it's 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 unreal. But Martha, just just to go back to to, to before you um, went to to Charlotte, what, what were you doing first? Like, were you at high school there? Were you at sort of like an academy, a club team? Uh, and, and how did you how were you recruited from from Charlotte? Because it's obviously different to what we're doing, you know, and, and the and the system uh, in in England. And what made you you choose UNC Charlotte? Yeah, so it was, um, so I played for my local club team, which was called Western FC. Um, so it was just a, what they call a youth soccer team. Um, there was absolutely loads um, and it was called travel soccer. So that was like the most competitive that you could do. Um, and I pretty much played there all the way through from under eight until under 18s. Um, I did have a year and a half or two years where I went to a different club um, and then ended up coming back. And we used to just go to showcase tournaments where they would um, send college coaches out to watch you. So you would, we traveled all over the place. Um, You know, you'd go up to um, New Jersey where you would go to the PBA tournament um, or maybe it was New York. I can't remember. Um, (laughs) Or you'd go to Texas and you go to the Dallas cup. Um, There was a big Disney showcase in Orlando. 
so there was loads of different opportunities for college coaches to come out and watch you um, and you would just showcase yourself you know you'd you'd go and play 90 minutes and there would just be college coaches lined up along the sideline all just sitting there in their college hats and it was a bit surreal but you kind of just had to to block it out and you know you were I was I was playing for quite a small club at the time we were a small town we weren't um what's the I can't even remember the name of it the top ECNL ECNL was like the top clubs that you'd play against and we were region three premier league which was just meaning that we weren't as good as a club so we used to try and put ourselves in the top brackets of the tournaments um and challenge ourselves against great competition which was good for us because that meant we had bigger schools coming to watch us so it was a better opportunity to showcase themselves um and probably that started about my sophomore year of high school and then sophomore junior year you started to get offers um, and then look to verbally commit. I was originally verbally committed to VCU, which is Virginia Commonwealth University, but the college coaches left at the time that I committed, um, actually just a few weeks after to UCF. So then I went back to the drawing board um, and as much as I wouldn't want to admit it, Charlotte was my second option to go to. Um, and luckily it was because it was such a short time, the offer was still there and um, absolutely the best decision for me because I had a, a fantastic four years there. That's crazy. VCU was actually recruiting me for a little bit, but they ended up saying that I was too small and not good enough in the air. So Too small? Yeah. You're smaller than me, probably. You're taller than me, yeah. yeah. I was a stick when I went to college. <laughs> I'd never seen a weight room in my life. Maybe that was just a polite way of saying, no thanks, Ellie. Yeah. You're rubbish. <laughs> Honestly, um, Charlotte compared to... Uh, Richmond, Virginia, I think, was a much better option city-wise. I don't think, no offense to Richmond, Virginia, but I don't think it's as um, nice as Charlotte was. I think Charlotte was the first place I flew into, like the first place I went to in America. In America, ever? Ever. Wow. Like when I went over to the US for the first time my freshman year, Yeah. I, I connected in Charlotte, so I flew into Charlotte and then yeah. I went. It's quite a big airport. No, Charlotte was lovely. The restaurants that you'd have you used to do restaurant week there and um you just every, every night a week you'd go to a restaurant because they were just having insane deals and the obviously when you turn 21 the nightlife is quite good there too and there was a tram or uh, i can't remember what they call it but you'd get from campus straight into downtown on like public transport and then it would take you straight back so it was really cool with that as well so definitely absolutely zero regrets there I guess like that kind of takes us into our next question. So like, why did you leave the US? Cause you obviously had a really successful co collegiate career. Uh, what made you decide that you wanted to go play in Europe? Um, I think it was one of those things that was unfortunately decided for me. Um, my last game of my college career was the, um, I was in the conference USA championships and 45 minutes into the game, I tore my ACL. So that was my last college game um and that was obviously completely unexpected was hoping to put my name into the draft um had some teams showing interest of of me putting my name into the draft and obviously that was sort of decided for me that you know that's about a nine to 11 month injury so that completely would have missed me for the nwsl season so i entered my name to the draft got nothing obviously um and then just kind of had to put my head down and get back to the drawing board and figure something else out and um, I think I could have tried to play again in the NWSL, but with the seasons, um, it didn't quite match up as to when I would have been back. So I, I was coming back 
to play in around November, but the season in the NWSL doesn't really start until February and March. So I think just because of that, I went, uh, I got interest from obviously Le Havre or Hack in France and told them, well, I'm on an ACL. I'm currently six months post-op, so I won't be fit until October, November time. Um, and it worked out for them and it worked out for me. So that um, opportunity just kind of came and, um, and I obviously it was always a dream to play professional football. So absolutely just took it and went with it. I bet that was a really kind of difficult time. Like I just think about, you know, we always speak about football being, you know, you're riding the roller coaster of emotions, how Rianne Cleverly says. And I guess that like, was that like, would you say the lowest point that you've been at in your career? Um, and what do you think you learned from it? Like, do you, yeah. do you think it's like, do you ever think like, what if, what, like, what if you didn't? Or do you think the way that, you know, it worked out was how it was meant to happen? Yeah, I think um, at the time I, I was absolutely devastated. Um, I felt, I felt like it was so unfair because I felt like I put absolutely everything into Charlotte. Um, I, I gave them everything and I literally you know, I used to, I played in games I probably shouldn't have played in. I put my body on the line in a lot of cases when looking back now, playing at the level I'm playing at, I wish I said, just sit out. It's one game against a team that's not even in your conference. The game doesn't matter. But that's not like my mentality. I don't have that mentality. Every game for me was always a final and I always wanted to play. Um, so, I mean, obviously when that happened, immediate thoughts going through my head are, crap I, I was looking to go to the draft this is my professional career over I'm done like it's just not going to happen for me anymore like like extremely negative thoughts came over me um, I had no team to go train with because obviously I would have been graduating from my school so it's not like you can you know come back and have another season um, a lot of questions for me was where was I going to do my rehab because obviously leaving the school um, so yeah I mean at first very devastating but I did everything in my power to put myself in the position to be able to go again. Um, so I think obviously once the emotion had settled down of what had happened, the reality of what would happen, I don't think I even needed a scan to tell me what happened because it was, it was quite traumatic and obvious. But um, as soon as that happened, I put myself in a position, Charlotte was great with me, get me the best surgeon and get me a really good rehab plan. And I actually, it actually lined up quite well with my major was exercise science and that senior spring semester, my last semester of college, I had to do a internship and I ended up doing it at Exos, which is a very well-known um, sports science, sports training facility, strength conditioning facility, whatever you want to call it, that works with top, top athletes, you know, NFL combine guys. So I actually did my rehab there with the physios and then did my strength program with the Exos, which arguably was the best, um, strength and conditioning coaches in the United States, if maybe even the world. So that was, um, I think that lined me up quite well. And obviously having a bit of knowledge from exercise science as well, helped me through my rehab and just absolutely put my head down and got to work. And there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to push myself to come back stronger than I was before. That's at amazing. The, um, at, the, at the time that you, you know, you, you knew that you'd got such a, a big injury. Did you kind of think, well, Fast forward to, to after the draft and when, and when nothing came of that, did you sort of think that's potentially my professional dreams over? Because before that, you were probably expected to go into the draft. You know, I did a little bit of research before and you were, um, you know, the, the all-time top scorer at, at Charlotte. So, you know, you'd clearly done very well there and been successful 
and like, like I say, because of that, you 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 got a lot of accolades as well, and, and we're probably expected to go uh, and sign professionally in the draft. And when that didn't happen, did you were there ever any times where you thought, right, this is kind of my chance is gone, or was it always a case of I'll make this work? Um, I think it was an initial. It's done. It's over. Um, and then as soon as the emotion had cleared, it was right. I'm going to do everything in my power to get back. Like, I'm not, I'm not hanging my boots up yet. I've worked too hard my entire life to just give up on something that to be honest with you, a lot of people unfortunately go through. Um, you know, it's not, it's not that rare of an injury. I'm not that special to have, have torn my ACL as a female footballer because it, it happens often. And there's a lot of people that come back from it. So I think it was right. Buckle down, sort yourself out. You've got resources, use them. And I, made sure I was probably a brat and made sure I used every resource possible. You know, I went to the athletic director at Charlotte and was like, right, what are we doing? Help me out here. And, and I got, they helped me absolutely loads with um, getting a good surgeon and getting my rehab plan sorted so that I was ticking every box that was needed to, to take myself to that next level. Yeah, it's great to hear that obviously Charlotte were really good with you. And, and I'm sure that probably has something to do with, you know, the, the, um, the four years that you put in with them. And, just, just to sort of go back to, to your time at Charlotte, we have one player now that's speaking to, to Charlotte, so she's probably quite interested to hear about your experiences there. Um, how good of an experience was that? You've obviously mentioned that they were fantastic with you in, in regards to your recovery, but just sort of the day-to-day -day life, you know, and, and the coaching and all that kind of stuff and, and, and going to that university, how well did that set you up for the professional career that you're having now? Yeah, I think it was huge. I think um, when I went to Charlotte, I had zero expectations of what was going to happen. I think a lot of people know as a freshman, um, a lot of the time you're seen as a freshman and you're going to come in and be an impact player and like probably come off the bench, maybe not play as much, get a lot of experience, get in the weight room, get fitter. Um, because, you know, you're 18 playing against possibly 22, 23-year-olds sometimes. Um, so that was, that was the expectation going in. Um, I had a lot of confidence when I was younger. Um, Still now. <laughs> maybe not as much, but no, I had a lot of confidence when I was younger and I honestly went in there my first week and I kind of was just looking around and I was like, I've got this, you know, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to put myself in the position to be a, a big player here and not just for one year, for all four years. And uh, I ended up being changed position you know I came in as a number 10 mainly and I was put as a number nine straight away off the bat um, and probably playing over some veteran players that had been there for three four years so I probably stepped on some toes at the beginning but it was great to have the the coaches belief in me and my teammates belief in me and got off the mark with scoring quite early on uh, into my freshman year and ended up with you know I think I was top goal scorer maybe all four years at Charlotte I don't I don't know, but um, it must be nice to have so many accolades that you don't actually know which ones you have. Well, I don't remember, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think I kind of went off on a tangent there. I don't remember what your question was, but um, I think went in with zero expectations. And then as soon as I got there, I, I felt up for the task. I was confident. I put in, you know, I put in the work on the pitch. I put in the work in the classroom. I was really enjoying what I was doing with my major. Um, it was something that I didn't really like school growing up. I didn't like high school. I was the kid that used to fake cough so I could ask mom to stay home. And then she'd be like, right, well, you're not going to football training then. I was like, right, let me put my school clothes on. <laughs> um, 
and so yeah didn't like school there but when I went to Charlotte and you get your major and you get doing what you want to do and all the resources you have as a student athlete you're set up to succeed if you just put in that effort um, you know you're surrounded by great teammates great friends uh, the college experience as a student athlete I, I think is honestly incomparable I, I love it uh, um, I wouldn't say I'd go back now to do it because obviously I'm loving life as a professional footballer but at the same time if you ask me to go back for a year or two or whatever, I'd probably be like, absolutely, let's go. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think me and Nathan feel very much the same. Yeah. I, would, I feel like we was treated just like absolute celebrities and being a semi-professional now, we get not even half as much as oh, yeah. I'm even professional. We were given free boots every year from Nike. If yours, if yours ripped, you were sent a new one. I'm not given free boots now as a professional footballer. You know, I'm buying my boots as opposed to, I'm like, I just want to DM Charlotte and be like, hey, you got any extras to send over? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, the, the facilities, the, the um, even the sense, you know, you tweak your ankle on a training on Wednesday, you're in to see an orthopedic surgeon on Friday because the doctor's in every week. I mean, it's, it's, it's mad the way it works. I think student athletes are set up so well which may be a bit of false hope going into the real world sometimes, but um, like cradled. I yeah. Feel like. Enjoy it while you're there, but it's not for everyone. So everyone's not cradled because the amount of people that, you know, it doesn't work out for if they're not up for it. Um, it happens. So I mean, you've got the mindset or you don't. Yeah. You definitely need, um, a certain sort of mindset. Um, so obviously like this is like so cool. So you're, at Charlotte, you know, you think you're going into the draft. Obviously, you tear your ACL, which kind of detours your way to France. Um, you're back playing in France. Um, obviously, I, I would assume really enjoying it again. Um, and then you got an under 23 US call up, I believe. Yeah, so that was quite unexpected. Um, I was in contact with um, his name's BJ, but I was in contact with he's the coach of the under 23s for quite a while. Um, don't know how the connection came up I don't remember but um we would have conversations about maybe I could come out to a camp blah 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 tore my ACL that door kind of shut for a bit um and that was obviously disheartening a lot of doors shut for me once I tore my ACL I was, I was in contact with Scotland as well at the time um I had been to an England camp a training camp before um so obviously it was disheartening but I think it was like I just need to stay patient um things are going to come um, I reached out to every coach. I remember speaking to loads of ch women's championship teams in England saying, give me a shot. I won't be able to play for nine months, but you want me. Give me a <laughs> shot. And didn't work out. Um, More for them, really, at this point, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah. But you never know what could have happened if I went down one of those doors. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I went. Um, so yeah, that US under 23 opportunity kind of just opened back up. I started playing again, I think in October or November and the camp came around in March, I want to say. So I'd only been playing for about five months, um, but I'd been working my ass off and I took my time coming back from injury just because I knew the statistics of retares were higher if you came back too, too soon. So I was not taking any risks, which Fran my team in France probably, <laughs> I got called some names um, that I won't say. But um, along the lines of being a wuss. I vividly remember our coach, Terry, at the time, because um, obviously I played with Martha in France, went up to Martha and said, I did my knee, seven months, good to go. You are fine. 
as he's limping on the pitch at the age of 45. Yeah. Um, but... He wasn't the nicest chap. <laughs> yeah, so they, they obviously wanted me to come back a bit sooner, but I stubbornly stood my ground and was like, listen, this is my body. I've got one shot of this. I'm not taking any risks. I told you I'm coming back in November. I'm coming back in November. Um, got cleared, got ready to go, and I was just bouncing off the wall. I got told to slow down on the pitch because I was just running absolutely every direction with the ball. Um, I also got a lot quicker and stronger after my surgery, and I don't know if I knew how to handle it at first. So I was just like an energizer bunny running. Um, but yeah, off topic again. Anyway, under-23s came up and um, absolutely amazing experience. Went all the way to Portland, Oregon. Um, was there for three games, played in the NWSL Cup. So played against some huge names. Um, you know, Megan Rapino, Sam Kerr, Lindsay Aran, Tobin Heath. Um, absolutely huge name. I'm probably just missing. To, just to name a few. Just to name a few, <laughs> yeah. Um, so played against them and um, thought I did quite well, competed quite well, got good feedback from the coach as well. Um, and obviously got some really good clips and stuff that I was able to use and then um yeah I started to look at getting an agent I might be leading into mid possibly your next question about what <laughs> happened next but started to get an agent and you know with film of the under 23s with um EJ's you know just having him as a name to back me up as well um was huge and it opened a lot of doors for me it kind of does lead us <laughs> into our next question funny enough um but I know um Obviously, I've heard the story of your decision um, bet deciding between Scotland, um, like the US. I know you was just a resident at the time, so you wouldn't have been able to play for the um, full team and England because obviously you have el eligibility in all three of those. I mean, I'm sure Nathan is kind of upset that you didn't choose England. So he's really curious to know what made you choose Scotland. Yeah, um, I mean, this was... I feel like as soon as I went to the WSL, things just like started happening really quickly. You know, I had one game against Arsenal when it was the first game of the season. It was my debut and you know, I set my standard quite high by scoring on my debut against <laughs> Arsenal. Not sure it's gone in the upward direction since then. But um, yeah, so that opened a lot of doors. Phil Neville was at the game and my coach Matt texted me the next day saying, um, by the way, Phil asked for your number. He might give you a ring. I'm like, right, okay. Um, casual. So yeah, I ended up speaking to him a bit and then obviously was continuously in conversation with Shelley Kerr, who, who was the manager of Scotland at the time and for quite a while. Um, her and I go back, like I said before, I was chatting to her while I was in college. You go way back. We go, no. Um, <laughs> but I knew, I'd known her for quite a bit. I was, there was a college coach in America, um, the woman's coach for, for ODU that, um, she knew Shelley, so she kind of put my name out there for her, knowing that I was half Scottish. Um, so I was in dialogue with both Scotland and England. Um, Shelley invited me out to a training camp. I went. We were completely transparent with each other. You know, Phil Neville knew that I was going to this training camp, knew that I had the opportunity to decide. I don't know if I would use the word decide, but decide to play for either England or Scotland. And when I went to the training camp with Scotland, I just, I loved it. I thought the girls were amazing. I thought the culture they had was great. You know, this little mighty country um, who's just pushing forward, who's moving in the right direction. Um, and I have a lot of pride for, for being Scottish. You know, I may not sound Scottish, but I am as much Scottish as I am English. So, um, and my footballing background probably comes more from my mum's side. Um, my mum's uncle played professionally in Scotland um, for Aberdeen when he was younger. 
So, you know, a lot of my, she'll probably say a lot of my talents probably came from that side of the family. Um, and a huge immense pride for, to play for them. Um, and it was one of those things where I could really just, I just saw it happening. I envisioned, you know, myself pulling on a Scotland jersey really quickly. And, you know, I knew if I worked hard and kept playing the way I was playing, that it would be a great opportunity for me to do that. Whereas um, I don't think there would have been as much opportunity for me currently to England. You know, England have got a, a phenomenal squad of forwards as well, especially. So I think with a combination of feeling that Scottish pride and with the opportunity being there right now for me, and I wanted to get the, the ball rolling, it was a dream of mine to play on the international career. And as soon as I pulled that Scotland jersey on, it just felt, it felt right and it felt like a good fit for me. How the, the sort of the, the playing style and, and, and you know the, the talent level compare from from firstly from going from UNC Charlotte to Le Havre and then Le Havre to West Ham and then West Ham to Scotland. Um, how how does all of that compare? Yeah, I think very different. Um, I think you and I will probably both agree that the level at Le Havre wasn't. I I was I don't want to sound. You was, you was the I, best player. No, not what I was going to say. <laughs> I, I think it was a great transition for me coming back from an ACL, but I knew that there wasn't quite the level that I wanted to be playing at. Um, and it wasn't, I felt like I could, I was ready to go to the next level. Um, so I think if you compare college to France, um, I would probably argue that there's some college teams that were better. I mean, La Havre is a much different team now. They're in the, the top division of France. I'm not speaking of them now, but well, at the time... Um, I would definitely say that there was college teams that were probably better than us um, and fitter, stronger, you know, it was more technical um, as it is in Europe. Um, and then it was, it was quite the discrepancy between like teams and leagues. You know, we had 13 girls that were like good players. And then we had a lot of like younger kids coming in and a lot of, you know, people who would girls who would work full time and then just come and train. So the levels were quite, were quite different. Um, so I was ready to take the jump and then the WSL was a bit of a wake up call. Um, you know, the, the experience, um, the physicality, you know, I walk off the pitch every day feeling like I've been hit by a bus because the, it is, it is very physical. Um, and they're not afraid to put a tackle in and put a foot on you. And as a forward, I think you get a lot of those kind of challenges on you. Um, and there are a lot of, big strong girls in our league and I found out quite quickly about that um and then the international level um I obviously uh, on my debut for Scotland I scored two goals but I came off the pitch saying wow I don't actually play very well I lost the ball <laughs> loads um it was it was quicker it was faster it was more intelligent um they you know they're just they're in sync with each other you've got this immense passion and pride that everyone's playing for the country representing the country which just means a bit more for everyone so you know, I, I, I honestly came off the pitch and I said, if I didn't score two goals today, that probably would have been one of my worst games ever because every touch that came into me was off. The pressure on my back was more running behind, wasn't as successful, but luckily I scored two goals. So I don't think anyone would ever look at that performance and be like, wow, Martha didn't play very well there. I guess you score when you play bad and then you play well and you don't score. That does actually feel well. That I feel, well, <laughs> feel about right. Maybe I should just start playing worse. <laughs> so funny um so yeah would, would you say that um scoring two goals on your Scottish debut you know that dream coming true was the most the best moment in your career so far or um is there another moment that you think tops it 
No, I think... I mean, obviously, when I scored against Arsenal, that was a really big moment for me at the time. It was like questions of like, oh, do I, am, I, am I ready for this? Am I ready for this level? And as soon as, you know, that ball went into the back of the net, I, there was, I, I mean, there's no better feeling than scoring a goal. And I don't think in the whole world, but <laughs> when that went in, I would say, wow, best moment of my career, but we lost. So it did feel like a bit of like an anticlimactic experience. Um, and then, you know, scoring for Scotland on my debut, immense pride. My mum and dad and gran were in the crowd. Um, and yeah, I think... I think to date that is 100% the best football memory I have of my career so far. I'll say hopefully, yeah. I think it's funny that you mentioned that you weren't sure whether you were you were ready for for, for WSL because I actually watched that their documentary about um, West Ham and I remember um, the the owner he called, he's called Jack. Yeah. And, and there was an interview and he was saying how excited he was that you were coming in. <laughs> um, I remember him saying that and then obviously. You say, you know, I'm not sure if I'm ready for the level, but he's obviously seen something, and um, the coach has seen something to, to to bring you in. And how was it? How was how was that? You know, you, it was your first season at West Ham, I think, at the time, and um, you're obviously sort of there's a behind the scenes documentary going on as well, where where everything's sort of seen. How 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 was that? Yeah, that was different. Um, I actually I know what moment you're on about, and I remember watching <laughs> it back, and I was like, wow, I didn't know he thought that. I didn't know he said that. Rolls Royce, wasn't it? Yeah, he was like, she's a Rolls Royce. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, I do not, but yeah, I don't. Know. But um, no, um, the documentary was different. Obviously, you had cameras occasionally following you around, but the the crew were really cool, and most of the time you'd just be sitting there chatting to them, and the camera wouldn't even be on, and you wouldn't notice it. Um, but they did definitely get some moments in there that probably a bit of lows um for me but you know everything works out everything's a learning experience and watching that back and seeing where I am now and what place I am in now is is I suppose like a bit refreshing to see that I have come a long way in in a short time um and I sometimes forget I've only been a professional footballer for a year and a half two years I think sometimes I put a bit too much pressure on myself just because it all happened quite quickly for me you know I don't think a lot of people come out of college tear their ACL get a WSL deal and then make your international debut in the same year and score on both debuts so I think it was a bit um quick for me and I think now I've settled down and you know um can take a lot more confidence from that and take my time and be more patient and not hope for everything just to happen for me right now because I know it takes a lot more than just that for sure you've had a great career so far yeah I mean if you know if your football career ended tomorrow I think you've probably done more than you know 95% of the planet so you definitely have a lot to be proud of let's knock on some wood there <laughs> for sure um I guess like just following on from there if you could just say something to your younger self uh, any like at any time looking back at your career now knowing what you know now what would it be and if you were saying something to somebody who is deciding if they want to go um and play football in college you know what would you tell them um given the experience that you have developed over the past you know I'd say six seven years yeah I would definitely I'd probably say a couple of things the first thing I would probably have said is listen to your body a bit more because I do think I probably pushed through too many things that I probably shouldn't have done um injury wise and like make just spreading myself a bit thin probably at younger ages when you don't need to um so if you if you're 16 years old and you've got that ankle tweak just ice it and rest for a bit like don't try and play through it because it's not worth it 
Um, but, and then another thing I would say to myself is, um, or to an, a younger person who's trying to do the same thing is take those risks. Um, I, I luckily am from a family who's, you know, very adventurous. We obviously packed our bags and moved halfway across the world away from our family. Um, and I had absolutely no doubt in my mind that I wanted to go play in France. Um, and so take those risks, you know, I didn't know anyone going to France. I was, I was going to a small city in Le Havre in Normandy that I didn't know anything about. I literally got this contract in the mail, in the post that was in French. I didn't even know what I was signing, um, pretty much. And, you know, I was like, you know what, what do I have to lose? Let's just go, let's do it. Didn't even know what house I was living in, who I was living with, um, ended up being an absolute nutter. No, I'm only joking. But, um, yeah, so take those risks. Um, and, and just trust yourself, trust your gut throughout the whole process because, um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a bumpy ride, but it's, it's one worth doing. Yeah. I think, I think playing through injuries is something that's, that are not necessarily playing through injuries, but playing through like niggles is something that's, that's common at, at the collegiate level. Um, you know, you were at Charlotte, so, at, you know, a, a huge D1 school and, and Ellie, you were at Auburn as well. It's where probably, you know, 95% of, of the roster were, were strong, strong players. But I think a lot of the time you've got sort of a strong 15, you know, and, and if you're one of the, the better players, not that without being disrespectful to, to players further down the roster um, or, or, you know, maybe freshmen or, or players that aren't quite ready just yet, um, you know, you, you sort of put the team on your back a little bit and sort of go, because particularly when you get to sort of um, nationals and, and you know in, in, in conference play as well, losing one game is, is pretty important and particularly when you get to nationals because if you lose, you're out. So I think the, the sort of the importance of each game is, is, is why players play through niggles and I don't think that will ever change. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's particularly when, um, you know, the, the, the style of play and, and the way coaches are in the US, they know that they're, they're big on fitness, they're big on strength and um, all that kind of stuff. And they don't sort of encourage you to play through injuries. But, you know, if you're one of those players that's sort of playing every week, a, a starter, they do everything they can to make sure that you do start and that, you know, the strongest 11 is on the pitch. And um, like you, you mentioned earlier on, it's not for everybody. Um, and, and we always, when we speak to, to clients and players, we always kind of say there's, there's nobody that goes through the, the collegiate journey and goes, it was all right, I had an all right experience. It was that they're either not cut out for it and they realise that after sort of pre-season or, or their first year, or they, you know, they absolutely love it and kick on and, and do massive things afterwards, whether that's in, in, in a career in, you know, through education or, or, or in sport. Because, um, yeah. you know, I played for injuries and I know Ellie did as well. And I I don't know, just my opinion, but I don't think that will, will ever change. But it's, it's obviously good looking back on it and going, there's, there's a few times where I probably wouldn't have played. Because there are some games that aren't quite as important as others. Yeah, definitely. And I think also the scheduling doesn't help. I think maybe they've changed it a bit. But when I was there, it was, it was Friday, Sunday. Um, and thinking about that now, if you'd asked me, I just played yesterday. If you asked me to go back out on the pitch tomorrow, I would laugh at you and walk in the other direction. Because there's absolutely no way. But I don't know how we did it. Um, I guess just a bit of adrenaline and a bit of it is what it is. Get over it. Um, but yeah, I think I do think that was probably also a bit of a problem. But they're working think, itself out because they go Thursday, Sunday now, don't they? Yeah. 
and we would have so we would have massages we'd have a sports massage after our first game we'd have like cold and we'd have a cold and a hot tub so we would contrast before the game and ice bath after the game and then obviously you'd have like the normatec boots and like be fair to five Five star, five star, star three quarters. Well, you have your cherry juice after oh, the games, <laughs> your protein shakes, and you have your beet juice before the games. Right, yeah. Didn't so have all that. You don't have that. I don't have that now, but if I had that, I'm sure I'd be able to function a lot better. Maybe you could. I'm not sure I could. <laughs> yeah. Or just feel sick from all the. I can't believe you had all that. Yeah, cherry juice, beet juice. Um, I yeah. don't even do all that now. No, you don't. No, but it's been really great having you on our podcast today. Uh, we just want to end it with something a little bit fun. So we're going to just fire out um, some quick fire, just do a quick fire round of between Scottish and USA um, or Scottish slash British USA versus, you know, um, the US. I think I've said that completely wrong. But <laughs> I know you can edit it out. <laughs> um, um, so first things first, first question, and you've got to be quick. There's okay. no like thinking All quick, right. no explanation. Um, so haggis or beef brisket? Oh, I can't do liver. Beef brisket. Uh, Scottish Highlands or Florida be- beaches? Oh, beach is my favorite place in the world. So sorry again, going to have to go beach. You just got to be quick. Stop explaining. Okay. Braveheart or The Godfather? Braveheart. I'm definitely not going to pronounce this right. Cabotos or lacrosse? Cabotos, where they throw the, the trees. <laughs> oh. We'll move it. We'll move on to Never the Never done it. Cabotos, though. Sure, let's go with it. Sounds yeah. fun. You're good at all games, anyway. Um, Love Island or The Bachelor? Love Island. Love Island is great. Uh, finally, I know you're a big Drag Race fan. <laughs> Lawrence Cheney or Trinity the Tuck? Oh, Lawrence Cheney, without a doubt. Really? Yeah. Oh, Trinity the Tuck is like one of the best drag Lawrence queens Cheney's ever. Lawrence Cheney's hilarious. Yeah, she is, she is. Okay. Well, that's all we have time for today. Um, but stay tuned and hopefully we'll be having um, another episode soon. <laughs> I'm not going to